I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP show. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 343. Before we chat with today's guest, has a quick message from our sponsors. Sponsor today is the 90 Day Mentoring Challenge. This is the fifth uh, year that I'll be running the program to turbocharge your biz apps career. So if you're interested in taking your career to the next level in business applications, check out nz365guy.com forward slash mentoring for my next intake. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Scotland. He's a dynamic CRM technical lead. Uh, he's in his current year as a first-time MVP. He studied law and a postgrad in international IT law to chase his infatuation with Ali McBeal. It ended up becoming a geek. He enjoys reading, watching shows on Netflix, Amazon Prime, playing the guitar, PS4 during his spare time. He also likes to walk, take soft walks on the beach, exercise, and take occasional photos Main interests are football, Formula One, and NFL. He is originally from Northwest Scotland, grew up in Northern Ireland, spent a chunk of adulthood in Aberdeen, and currently settled in Edinburgh with his family. He works for an end user rather than a partner, something we're going to drill into today. Uh, you can find him uh, on Twitter, Ryan McLean365, or his website, ryanmclean365.com. Ryan, welcome to the show, mate. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. How was that for an intro? Uh, yeah, <laughs> spectacular intro. I'm like, is that me talking about? Sounds Covered like a lot of ground. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to get through, isn't there? So Ellie McBeal, eh? didn't she end up marrying, um, oh, what's his name? That dude from... Um, uh, yeah, it was Harris, Harris, was it Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think... Um, so obviously you covered. I, I grew up in Northern Ireland in a in, in in relative poverty. I grew up in a in a very kind of poor area, and um and it wasn't a very aspirational area either. So not very many people left the area. Still, still don't. Um, and I remember watching Ali McBeal, um, particularly on t on TV, and being like, you know, that looks really cool being a, an a, an attorney. Obviously, that's an American term. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. I think I was like maybe ten years old, and people and people just laughed at me. Um, being like people from where we're from don't become lawyers and so I'm, I'm super stubborn and pig-headed and so I decided well I'm just going to prove you all wrong um, and so many years later off, off I went to university to study law with with these great aspirations in mind. I like it I like it so tell me living in Edinburgh I mean heck what a nice place to live I love that city. Yeah I love it too Um, I've been here for I think I think it'll be four years this year that we moved down. So my wife is originally from the, the Central Belt in Scotland, so just outside Edinburgh. Um, and, she, and she's a twin, uh, and her twin sister lives in Edinburgh. So she'd always um, ha, had plans for us to move back down here. And then, as, as fate would have it, I got um, I got headhunted by 
the company I now work for uh, down here and they offered me a job down here. So um, so it, it, the, the fates intertwined as, as it were and, and down we moved. But but what a place. It's such a beautiful city. And, you know, actually, we were just walking around the city at the weekend um, now that we're actually allowed back out of our house with, with, with COVID kind of beginning to go on the wane. And I was just, you know, I'm like, oh, man, we're so lucky to live here. It's just such a beautiful city. And there's always something going on. Yeah, I absolutely love it. So tell us a bit about um, your company that you work for. Sure. So I work for a company called uh, Hyman's Robertson. We um, we work in financial services. We're actually 100 years old this year, so so quite 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 an old firm. Um, and so we we do kind of pe- pensions investment advice. So any pension schemes, we advise them on on where where to put their investments to get get best return. We do actuarial services. Um, and we do third-party administration, um, amongst many other things, as well as developing products for for the industry. Um, so, so a very tech-focused firm. I think we're about a thousand employees. Um, enough that around about twenty-five to thirty percent work in work in IT-related roles. So, um, so quite a, a super interesting firm to be a part of. And and actually, I think obviously we've all been through this um, this crazy situation with COVID and, and it's just reinforced my belief that I work for such a good firm. They've been so good to us throughout this whole last 15, 15 months or so. Um, and so, I, yeah, I've just super enjoyed working here, which has been great. You know, I, I do feel extremely fortunate. I, I, I can't reference what I'm about to say, but I have a feeling that the whole idea of pensions, uh, retirement scheme, that type of thing actually originated in Scotland in, and it was like some parish priest or something like that, or vicars, I don't know what, actually came up with the concept of making sure that beyond you finishing your job that you had the funds to live on. So, And and, and somehow I've read somewhere, I, th- I feel it came from Scotland. Uh, I mean, I guess it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I'm not sure for certain, but, you know, I think if you look at Scotland's impact on, on the world for such a small nation, you know, I mean, even now we're only six million people, but actually the impact world, you know, te- television was invented in Scotland. The telephone was invented in Scotland. Penicillin was invented from Scotland. The pneumatic tire was invented in Scotland. So, you know, all the great inventions, we, we've we always been a, a nation that, that has been very inventive. And so um, I, I, you can maybe tell I'm very proud to be Scottish. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And How, how did you end up in Northern Ireland? Was uh, my, it Northern my, Ireland? Yeah, so my mum's... My from Northern Ireland and um, so when I was five years old her, her and my dad split up um, and so I've got there's me and I've got three older brothers and so me and one of my older brothers went to Ireland with my mum and my two eldest brothers stayed here with my dad. Yeah and of course of course it's only a stone's throw right from uh, from uh, uh, Scotland to to Northern Ireland it isn't you can just you can can't you just take the Giants Causeway and walk across it? <laughs> about yeah you can, you can almost do it there, there's there's regular ferry services um, and obviously there's flights now but you know when i was when i was younger then we, we got ferries um although i'm from the northwest highlands of scotland so we'd get a ferry into stranraer which is kind of on the southwest coast and then it was about six or six or so hours north to get to my dad's house so so quite a long journey every time so a stone throw but but actually felt quite distant yeah yeah now uh are you a whiskey lover i love absolutely love whiskey <laughs> What's it? What's your favourite Irish drop? Uh, Scottish. Scot- sorry, Scot- not, uh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no. Hey, we're not going to talk about Jamisons just now. Let's not talk about Jamisons. Yeah, Let's talk no. about your favourite Scottish drop, exactly. Uh, Lagavulin. So I, lo- I love the Isla whiskies. Anything with a, with a big bit of peat smoke, um, I absolutely love. We actually, we had um, Lagavulin as the whiskey that we served in a quake at our wedding. 
Um, so I've always just had an affinity for it. I think, and it's funny actually. My wife um, doesn't particularly like whiskey, but really loves the smoky whiskies, which is really odd to I think everybody who's ever tried whiskey because usually if you like whiskey, a lot of people are just like the smoky ones are just too much for me. Whereas my wife's like, oh, that's really good, but anything else I'm not interested in. So always always kind of makes me laugh. But yeah, I I just adore it. I think, um, and I've got I've got a, a fair selection. Um, when I lived in Aberdeen, I had this great little whiskey shop near my house that I'd go to, and they always had new ones in that they would be tasting. So you'd always drop down, and the guy'd be like, "Oh, you know, I just got this new one in," and you know he knew what you'd like, and he'd be like, "Oh, why don't you try this one?" So I ended up with just this extensive selection of whiskies that I'm working my way through. So have you been to Lagavulin in Isla? Um, I've I've not been. We actually had plans to go um last year. Uh, so so that went well. So so we're, we're, our plan is to hire um a camper van and go over there um and then just do a bit of a cycle tour um across across the distilleries, um particularly because I don't I don't really fancy driving them because then you can't sample the produce and what's the point of visiting otherwise? I took a rental car over there. We took a ferry across with our rental car, and and we stayed for a couple of days, my wife and I and. You know, we did all the distilleries there. And, of course, she got to drink, and I didn't. And, and and I mean, we like, the the tour of the distillery at Lagavulin, absolutely epic. If you can go, try and go on a weekend, is what I found. And the reason is, like, we had, the, the tour guide was an old-timer, right? Been at Lagavulin over 30 years, so before it was acquired by all its, you know, current, I think, Japanese may, maybe owners or something. Yeah, and I so think, yeah, I think it's Suntory, isn't it? I think, or maybe yeah, yeah. On it. Uh, but the thing is, is that he was old school as, and that he he took us right next to all the big hot, you know, uh, vats and things like that. And he was like, "Listen, nobody's here on the weekend, so let's not worry too much about health and safety." Um, and he just, <laughs> like he gave us the detailed tour. And of course, as part of the tour, right, they give you these dram tokens so you can get maybe two drams um at the bar afterwards and of course he's the same guy that then serving you at the bar and so we had four drams all up it would have been two for meg two for me so i i send meg up she gets takes her four uh you know dram tokens comes back with her four drams and she's got eight dram tokens in her hand i'm like what what's the story there and he was like it's like yeah the guy's like yeah, you keep those and here's four more. <laughs> like, keep... <laughs> so, like, I love it. Like, it was epic. It was epic time. And But I tell you what, Brook Laddie, you know, I don't know if you've, you've had too many uh, drops uh, from I, there. I, yeah, I've got a bottle downstairs. Yeah, I think they try for the highest peat content in the world, parts per million. And honestly, um, wow, I, I, bought a, I bought a bottle for uh, my good friend in England. Uh, Nigel bought him a, a bottle of the highest parts per million. Absolutely amazing. And then when I left the UK, uh, Alison Maligan, she bought me a bottle of Brooklady, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm about halfway through now. Very nice. nice. Yeah, it was, it was my birthday last week. So one of my friends came down and, they, and uh, from Aberdeen to, for a barbecue last weekend. And so they, um, they brought a bottle of whiskey down for me, which was, which was quite nice. So, um, so, so it's always a nice gift for people to give you, I think. Um, I remember actually when I turned 30, my brother, um, who doesn't really drink whiskey, he was like, oh, I'll get you a 30-year-old whiskey. And I don't think he realized just how expensive that is. So I ended up with with, with a 30-year-old bottle of Armagnac instead. He was like, this is much easier. So, well, actually, it was a treat. But but yeah, it was just like, he was like, 30-year-old whiskey. I don't like you that much, Ryan. I was like, yeah, fair. 
<laughs> but don't you feel that the older the whiskey gets, the more it lo- it becomes smoother and loses its bit, you know, uh, the peatiness, if you like, um, over yeah, time. It becomes much smoother. I, I guess it depends. It depends on, on on the whiskey, but certainly I find that it, it mellows out because obviously I guess the longer it's in the wood, the more it absorbs that wood character, um, and so you get much more of those notes because obviously. With with Scotch whiskey, it's in it's in used barrels effectively. Um, so you know that I guess that's the difference between a, Sc- a Scotch whiskey and, and like an American bourbon. You know, like Jack Daniels is that they use vir- virgin casks. Um, we we use kind of the ones the ones that they use, and that virgin wood flavor, that kind of sweetness that you get, will start to leach through kind of after after a long time, and so you start to kind of mellow out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's 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 so interesting to kind of try them. I I've got a, a quite affinity with young whiskies as well, though I, I like. I like trying. I've got so uh, I've been fortunate enough with Kaulila, which is uh, another of the Isla whiskies to have. I think we've got a five, six, and a seven-year-old um, bottle of, of that, which is really interesting and to try year on year to see how how the how it changes, how the color starts to develop, how the flavor profile kind of improves. So, wow. so yeah, I, I disliked whiskey until I went to uh, Isla, then totally changed. Uh, um, now yeah. fan. I think I think it's it's like that with a lot of things, isn't it? I think once you have, have understood the process, um, and you go through that, then you start to appreciate it a bit more. Um, because we, my, my wife and I have been to a few different distillery tours. So, Glen Kinchy's one uh, near us in Edinburgh. So after we got married, we were staying down near here, um, and we went went down to Glen Kinchy, and they they do a similar thing. They give you the kind of drink tokens and give you a few different t- tastings at the end. And then we also, when we were in Ireland in Dublin, we went and did the Jameson's one, which was was really good fun. Um, really interesting experience there. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I've done the Jamesons uh, a couple of times, but also then south, uh, further south in Ireland, you can go to the whole, uh, you know, where the big distilleries and stuff are, which I think Jamesons is owned by somebody else now as well. Yeah, I think I think that most of them are owned by the big conglomerates, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But anyhow, this is an MVP show, not a whiskey <laughs> yeah. uh, aficionado show. Um, but one of the things I'm interested in discussing with you, Ryan, is that, you know, I often coach people uh, on career choices. And I know, you know, you've been through the 90-day mentoring challenge with me, and, um, and and I'm halfway through it at the moment, and this whole thing is coming up again around um, what are the career, you know, what type of organizations, and I always break it into three, and uh, I, no one's added to them. I don't know if you can, but you can either work for uh, what I would call an end customer, so which is what you're doing, right? You actually work in a company that is implemented Dynamics or the Power Platform, and you you know you run the systems, you build out the new apps and solutions as the as the business has need. You might you know oversee a team of you know folks that are coming up with the ideas, etc., and then. You have people that work for Microsoft partners, generally across multiple projects, and then you could work for Microsoft. Um, Those are the kind of three distinct categories that I make out. Now, one of the things is, and I use this as I say recently in in talking with somebody, is that, you know, I've always been big on recommending that you should work for a partner for three to five years if you're brand new to the game. And the reason is you get exposure to lots of different stuff you know, from project methodologies to uh, change management to, um, you know, the full uh, ALM lifecycle management, all, all that type of great stuff you would get across multiple potential industries. And then, you know, I suggest that after that, you try for a stint at Microsoft two or three, four years, 
um, or longer if you if you pivot with inside Microsoft and then um, go work for a customer for through to retirement type thing if if uh, you're so inclined and 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 my feeling around this is that if you look at who where is the money if you're looking at it purely from chasing the money right I feel like and could be wrong but Microsoft is probably the lowest paying. Then you would have partners in the mid-tier, and then you'd have uh, customers at the top tier when it comes to income potential. And and the big difference I find between partners and customer working is that if you've been in customer land, you know the dreaded timesheet and utilization targets and goals, but they tend also not to pay anywhere near as much as what you would get if you were working for an end customer. Now, that's my kind of spiel that I often talk about. What's your take on it? Um, I would say that's, well, I mean, I guess I've, I've not worked for a partner or for Microsoft, but I've, I've certainly been interviewed. But you've gone friends. for jobs, right? Yeah, you've I've, got, I've been you've, you've been, by, by you've been quartered. Partners. Yeah, I have. And um, yeah, I, I would say that um, financially for me, I'm, I'm better off at, at a at an end customer firm, but which is, I mean, obviously, you know, the reason we work is to pay bills, right? You know, like, <laughs> amongst many other things, my mor- my mortgage needs to get paid, so I, I need to get income. But but that's not, I guess, for me, my primary motivation. Um, for, for me, I guess it's more happenstance than anything that I won't ever end up working a customer side. And it's it's through, I guess, the, the way I got into working in Dynamics generally is that um, w- without kind of going into a whole history lesson, you know, I, I was working for for the university where I'd studied, I'd got a job in their intellectual property team and then was kind of working with their commercial team and their commercial team were using a, a CRM product, not not Dynamics at that time. Um, I just didn't know what they were doing with it. And so I'd kind of got into helping them and working with the developers on that side because I'm just a massive geek. I'm just, I've always been into into working with computers. And so I'd <clears throat> taken on some responsibility to liaise with the supplier and to do some kind of basic customizations. I then got recruited by an oil and gas firm uh, in Aberdeen who had Dynamics, and again, it was a relatively small firm. I think we were like 20 people at that time, um, and they had Dynamics, but they basically used it as an expensive Rolodex. Um, they didn't know what they were doing with it. And I I got really interested in Dynamics, weirdly, because, you know, you mentioned I'm a Formula One fan. Um, I remember Lotus F1 um, got Microsoft, Microsoft Dynamics sponsored them, um, and that was the first that was the first I'd heard of Microsoft Dynamics. Like I said, I wasn't really working in the CRM space. And so I Googled it, and I was like, oh, I've heard of this product and then I went to this company and they had it and I was like, this is amazing. It's like all of my interests like lining up. And so they weren't really, didn't know what they were doing with it. And I was like, well, can I just have a play with it then? You know, and I can see what we can do with it. And part of what I was doing at that point as well was I worked in sales, I worked in project management and I did ISO auditing. So I, ISO 9001, which is quality, quality management. Um, and so we were a very process driven organization and I got so frustrated that we, were failing process and that we were wasting so much money and wasting so much time. And I was like, well, well why can't I just develop the system? And so I'd then taken on responsibility for doing that. And and I'm massively indebted to all of the MVPs who have come before me who, who blogged so frequently and who answered my questions on the community forum, of which I'm sure plenty of them were, thought they were very stupid. And all the free community solutions, you know, I remember um, like Jason Latimer put out lo- loads of free community solutions and, um, and Aidan Cascella had put out his work, workflow element solution. And those, all those tools made my life easier. And I just got so passionate about building that to the point that I wanted to drop all of the other stuff I was doing. Um, and then I went to another oil and gas firm where I focused purely on on dynamics um, and so built it up from there. And, and now then got um, 
got headhunted and recruited to work for the firm that I work for. So it was never really a conscious career choice, I guess, is what I'm trying to say that I was going to be, I'm only going to work customer side. But having done it now for, um, I think, eight or nine years, you know, working in Dynamics, I just don't know that I would want to go partner side. I, th- I think what, what I really enjoy and what, the conversations I have with people who I know is um, I get full control over the system. Um, so I'm a control freak. You know, it's, I think we, we, we do the kind of color wheel kind of profiles and I'm, I'm just this kind of big red profile of, you know, personality that wants to be in charge of everything. And But beyond that, I get fully in, invested in the process. So I enjoy the business analysis side of it. I enjoy working with, with my end users um, to understand their process and to be able to challenge them. I think the difference when you're a partner is to a certain degree, for partners and, and it's I'm not you know I'm using a broad brush approach here I know different partners are different but some partners are just kind of in and out you know they're mercenaries they, they come in they do a job they dump it and they move on and they forget about it I like to see the process through and I don't you know you're just not going to get that but I also get to do my own R&D uh, on my time I'm not time sheeted um, so when there's a cool new feature comes out I get to spend time really investing and looking at saying well, what what could we do with this how would that help my users Whereas if I was working at a partner, it's all about utilization. So if I want to do that, well, I have to do it on my own time. And don't get me wrong, I still do plenty of stuff on my own time. Clearly, uh, you know, I, I do blogging and whatever else. But but I get to, but my work are willing to invest in me to do that. And they're willing to invest in the platform. And I think that's really, to me, what makes the difference is that I get to be supported to do this type of stuff. And therefore, my employer and my end users benefit from from all of that. You know, they, they like, I, what? You know, maybe blow my own trumpet, but I think they benefit from having me in the firm um, rather than outsourcing it. And, you know, before I joined this firm, we had a partner in place who'd put in place Dynamics, um, but they really put it in place as a bit of a structural framework to support what we want to do with SharePoint. <clears throat> and they bodged so many things. Um, and so since I joined uh, the company, like I say, coming on four years now, our utilization of the platform has increased significantly. You know, we've gone from, on average, I think, 200 users uh, per month using it we're now up up towards seven or eight hundred we've just moved to the cloud um two months ago and we've invested everybody in the firm is now on a minimum of the power apps per user plan license so we've invested heavily and we actually we just um updated our core business priorities for for people you know to say here's the things you need to do and one of those core business priorities is using dynamics properly and, and making sure their data is in the system and up to date so 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 the firm has invested it from, from the top down they're invested in me um, and so I feel I feel rewarded personally, professionally. Um, and so it's it's such a I think it's a very unique experience, but but I'd highly recommend it to anybody. But, you know, the, the downside, I would say, is my support network is really the people that I get to speak to. So I'm very fortunate that I'm a very social guy and I speak to all the other MVPs and other people in the community. And, you know, we've got various Slack groups that, that we can use for, for that and I can reach out to. And the community is so welcoming. You know, I'm sure you experience it yourself. If you've got a question, you pop it out somewhere, whether that's Twitter, community forum, LinkedIn, there's always people willing to help you. Um, and so that make, that makes a difference. <clears throat> Whereas I think, you know, in partner, obviously, they're more invested in the platform. And so they have wider experience. So somebody else will have experience of that. So we still use partners. We still rely on, on their support. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. This is this is so good. And uh, look at this. It's twenty three minutes in, which is uh, <laughs> yes. over time. Sorry, that, that was a ramble. So, so so interesting talking to you, Ryan. And you give such a really good perspective. Um, you, you know, as in it's unique in a lot uh, of ways to what I see or what I hear um, in the community. And it's so so good. You're right that we've got this community network with the MVPs outside of what we do for jobs and stuff. So. 
Totally amazing. I always like to wrap up, Ryan, with some quick fire questions. Are you ready for yours? Okay, what's something that you disagree with the way you were raised? Something I disagree with the way I was raised. Um, oh, got a good question. Um, my mum my and uh, well, my, my stepdad, I guess, they, they didn't have as broad a, a view on life as perhaps I do. Um, so I was always, I've been always been very ambitious um, and ambition wasn't something that was fostered or encouraged. Um, and, and so I grew up with my stepdad in Ireland. He was also very competitive. Um, and so I always believed my mum had kids with my stepdad. And so he always wanted them to do better than I did because <laughs> I wasn't his child. So, so that stuff I disagree with. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay. Which celebrity do you shamelessly follow in the news? Uh, apart, from, I, I, apart from Ellie McBeal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess Elon Musk is probably the one. Um, and I'm not really into celebrity stuff, but Elon Musk, because from, from a tech experience, I'm a massive space nerd as well. Um, and so I just find that guy endlessly fascinating because Elon Musk, the entrepreneur, is a, a great person. Elon Musk, the personality, is 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 crazy. I love it. I, as in, like, if I was asked that question, you've got it in spades. That's what my answer would be, you know. Um, I, was, I was so pleased recently to purchase... Um, and be invoiced from SpaceX, uh, a product. And of course, that's uh, so you got, you got Starlink, Starlink, right? Starlink, yeah. So yeah. I've, I've paid money to SpaceX and uh, I'm, I'm currently in a queue waiting for my uh, dish to arrive, which should be any time now. And that uh, all our constellation is uh, pretty much, I think we're still at 90% coverage now. Oh, so and, it's, um, it's, so, it's so good, isn't it? Like, I mean, I just love what SpaceX are doing for the space industry, I think. Oh, totally totally revolutionized it, 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 it and you know I, I still watch like the spacex launches every time and wa- watching them land i'm just like it still blows my mind this 10-story building effectively flying down you know several thousand miles an hour and landing on a tiny barge at sea it just it shouldn't it shouldn't be possible but it is final question what's your most used emoji um Probably the, the the cry and laughter emoji. I think I, I probably over overused that one. Um, it's always top top of my list. Do you know? I saw a new emoji for the first time the other day, which is apparently was just released last year. And you know they update the the standards for emoji. I don't even know if it's hit iOS yet, but it was a beaver. Oh really? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, can, I can I can only imagine that being misused, like the avatar. <laughs> How much is it going to get misused? <laughs> yeah. Like. The aubergine and that beaver icon, they are going to get misused even yeah. more than ever. Yeah, that that, right? that and the peach. It's just that, yeah, that's just yeah. begging for misuse, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Crazy times brings to mind the puff of wind as well. But let's not go there. Um, uh, Ryan, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I'll make sure we tag you in this when we go live. Thanks again. Oh, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. I so enjoyed this episode with Ryan that I think that I'll do another episode with him on the Power Platform show where we drill into how they're using Dynamics 365 uh, with Insider's company, how we went through migration, etc., from on-prem to online and all the the backlog of of projects that he's got on the play uh, for the platform. Uh, as I say, I'm, I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, also known as the NZ365 guy. Please like and subscribe in your favorite podcast player. Uh, If you would like to contribute to the show, please go to 
uh, please go to, where should you go to? You should go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Uh, I'd appreciate it. Thanks so much and see you next time.